I'm really hoping this pandemic has helped to raise the profile of teachers. They're the ones who are creating the futures of any country. Welcome to The Great Reset, a podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at how we can build a cleaner, fairer, smarter world after COVID-19. It's October the 22nd, day three at the Jobs Reset Summit, where experts from around the globe are discussing education, skills and lifelong learning. Creativity should be embedded in absolutely every aspect of our curriculums. As COVID-19 disrupts the education of children all over the world, we'll hear from an award-winning teacher on how to equip the next generation for a world of work in constant flux. The beauty of teaching creativity is that what you're actually doing is enabling your learners to have transferable skills. And if we're not doing that, then we're just failing them. And we'll have highlights from day two at the summit, which looked at work, wages and job creation. The jobs that drive sustainable living will be at the centre of the 21st century. 19th century was marked by the industrial economy. 20th century is marked by the knowledge economy. The 21st century will be marked by the sustainable economy. You can follow the Jobs Reset Summit live at weforum.org and across social media using the hashtag Jobs Reset. Subscribe to The Great Reset wherever you get your podcasts and please take a moment to like, rate and review us. I'm Robin Pomeroy, Digital Editor at the World Economic Forum. And with daily coverage of the Jobs Reset Summit, this is The Great Reset. Later in the episode, we'll hear from an award-winning teacher about the one skill she says will future-proof our children as they head into an increasingly unpredictable jobs market. But first, my colleague Linda Lucina picked out some of the highlights of day two of the Jobs Reset Summit. The theme was work, wages and job creation. Speaking on that and on the impact of the pandemic, Guy Ryder, Director General of the International Labour Organization. I think it's absolutely vital that we have this discussion about jobs not after we've solved that we solved the health emergency, but right now, because we're going to have to build forward from a very, very dark place. That's Guy Ryder, Director General of the International Labour Organization, speaking on day two of the Jobs Reset Summit. He and other leaders discussed the urgent need to face work challenges head on, especially in a year that's seen hundreds of thousands of global job losses. Day two's theme was work, wages, and job creation, and leaders spoke to how the world of work could be reinvented to meet new needs after the pandemic. Geraldine Matchett, co-CEO of Royal DSM, for instance, envisions a holistic world of work, one that values contributions both in and out of the office. There has been an increasing separation between the value of work and the value of everything else that we do in our lives. Um, And if you think about it, it's been very much that either you're in or you're out. You know, either you're completely focused on work, but then you normally have issues taking care of the family, of society, of communities, etc., or you're out of work. And it's been extremely polarized. Now, if we think of a change of mindset in what is work actually about, um, it's also about valuing the contribution that humans bring, not only when they're at work, but the family contribution, the community contribution, even the environmental contribution. And therefore, there needs to be a different mindset around what do humans actually bring and where do they bring it in society. This holistic human approach means a greater focus on people and also on the planet. CBJ Kumar, Chief Executive Officer of HCL Technologies, sees sustainable work as the work of the future. The jobs that drive sustainable living will be at the center of the 21st century. I do believe this segment will grow enormously. Like 19th century was marked by the industrial economy. 
20th century is marked by the knowledge economy and i firmly believe the 21st century will be marked by what i call as a sustainable economy and technology and tech companies have a huge role to play to create these new jobs in the intersection of uh, climate change and public services as well as in consumer products key to bringing humanity and sustainability in the workplace however means providing protections for female workers who often double as both employees and full-time caretakers sadia zahidi managing director of the world economic forum spoke to the particular stresses women face returning to the workforce even though women are in the workforce in much larger numbers than ever before in both advanced and emerging markets they happen to be the ones that take on most of the burden of care responsibilities providing more flexibility and care for workers particularly women along with reskilling and upskilling the labor force is crucial to the recovery process Sadia explained more. There needs to be focus on the people that are hurting the most. There needs to be more conditionality built in so that it's not simply support for wages, but there is a game plan in place to reskill and upskill workers. And then third, this is the moment for investing in the markets and jobs of tomorrow. This is the moment to start building out the investments that we need for those 97 million new jobs to come through now that's just the the views of the heads of hr and heads of strategy that are responding to us but there's much more to be done that can be part of government incentives for creating that better future creating a better future also means making sure developing countries aren't left out of the conversation hans paul bergner chairman of boston consulting group said developing countries face particular challenges when it comes to upskilling and reskilling their workforces and their needs have to be taken into account. You know, in South Asia, in Africa, in Latin America, 70, 80, 90% of the jobs are informal. You know, and uh, and even more, you know, than are in small and mid-sized uh, companies. And and so I think, you know, we have on the one hand, you know, a very very extreme effort in investing in people. um and investing in security in learning and and so forth and the other hand we have enormous amount of insecurity and i think um unfortunately you know in our discussion about you know home office and you know how are things going to be different after the pandemic we focus too much on the developed world and on the on the top companies um and what they can offer um to top talent but we we need to really see how we can really help uh, and that's also a job of course of the larger companies in the developing countries in south asia in um, in africa latin america and so forth to uh, really create more jobs um to make sure that uh, more people are getting training and that more people are really getting into formal jobs that allow them also step by step to build a good living and more security the future of work can also mean new opportunities current projections estimate that the job market could absorb 150 million new tech jobs just in the next 5 years steven cotton the general secretary of the international transport workers federation urges leaders and workers to see tech as an ally and not a foe there has to be that confidence that reskilling the investment in people to create opportunities opportunities that will ensure that it's a long-term life of work of course we recognize now that technology is going to change the culture of work and what tasks we do today will change over time and and it's good that technology can help us but if technology is seen as a threat and and we start in a conflict 
then we won't be able to, to deal with the issue. Stephen Cotton of the International Transport Workers Federation ending that roundup of highlights from the Jobs Reset Summit compiled by Linda Lucina, who has this news of her own podcast. The World Economic Forum has a brand new podcast, Meet the Leader, where the world's top leaders share how they're tackling the world's toughest challenges. This week's leader, Brian Moynihan, the CEO of Bank of America. He helped spearhead a set of new metrics that help companies measure how they're doing well for society. We were able to put together with the big four accounting firms a set of metrics that define how to make progress on stakeholder capital. What we're trying to do is to help basically implement and solve these great problems the world faces. He'll explain why they're important and how he tackles any long-term goals. You have to create good energy and good action, not energy and action. He'll also share why creativity is critical for leaders and how leaders should act in a crisis. All that and more on this week's Meet the Leader, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Thanks for that, Linda. And you can get information on all our podcasts at wef.ch slash podcasts. Now to today's interview. Andrea Zafirak is a teacher in the North London borough of Brent. That's one of the poorer parts of the English capital and one that is extremely multicultural with an estimated 130 languages spoken there. In 2018, she won the Million Dollar Global Teacher Prize, which is awarded by the Varki Foundation every year, seeking to improve the standards of education for underprivileged children. She spoke to the World Economic Forum ahead of the summit. Here's Linda again. Linda, what did Andrea Zafiraku have to say? First, Andrea talked about how the pandemic has worsened and deepened the global digital divide. We now know exactly what's taking place, exactly what our young people have at home. Students who have got access can engage and receive an education, but those who can't and don't have access for whatever reason, financial reason or parental engagement and support, um, they will not benefit at all. And sometimes it's really shocking to know that there is nothing. That's been the hardest thing. The inequality is so evident now. It's apparent it's raw and it hurts. When I say they have access, what I mean is that they have either devices or they have opportunities to engage in resources, so ed tech resources, or they have the infrastructure, so maybe broadband. You know, many, many schools think, oh, okay, that family's got a laptop. Well, actually, if that family's got a laptop and it's a very old laptop and it doesn't support the software which the school is using, or maybe there's lots of siblings there who are using the same laptop. Despite these gaps, Andrea has reason to be optimistic, seeing the chance to revisit curriculums, upskill at different life stages, and even find a new appreciation for educators. I think that indeed there is something that's going to be good coming out of this. I think that good opportunities and creative opportunities and moments will take place. Uh, schools will have to think about what curriculums they have. Schools will have to think about how their teachers teach and what they are teaching or whether it's now relevant for the new world that we now have come. And it's come straight as a brick wall in front of us now. And what is really important is that we don't go back to how it was before, that we use this time, this reset time to really look, review, change, and have a really good understanding of what we want our futures to be like in our countries. It's quite fascinating now to really look at which, which jobs, which vocations um, 
are considered as now being important or have really helped to save lives. So the nurses on the front line, the delivery workers, the people who actually we can't live without. I think there will be now conversations that will take place where people will have to force and to be held account to what actually is a good job and how much we should really pay particular employees and and particular areas. If anything, I'm really hoping that this pandemic has helped to raise the profile of teachers, helped countries and ministries of education to acknowledge how hard we work and how we are committed to our young people. I mean, teachers, we are the ones who are really inspiring the futures. We're the ones who are creating the futures of any country. They're in our classrooms. We are there. We are committed to our young people. We're committed to our environments. And I'm really hoping that there a lot of learning has happened. Entrepreneurship is going to grow because people are now finding ways of upskilling themselves and changing what they're doing, changing what they know, learning new things so that they can find a place in this new society so that they can find um, a way forward to to live, to function, to feed their own families. According to Andrea, to prepare students for the real future they'll be facing, a creative curriculum should be integrated into every single school subject. Here's why. Creativity should be embedded in absolutely every aspect of our curriculums at all ages. The beauty of having creative curriculums and teaching creativity is that what you're actually doing is enabling your learners to have transferable skills and that means that we're giving them the opportunity to succeed and if we're not doing that then we're just failing them again it's those skills that we're talking about resilience um, mastery collaboration this is what they need in order to thrive in absolutely any uh, profession which they choose creativity is all about finding opportunities to collaborate so we're engaging with conversations sharing ideas sharing products lots of opportunities to question and there's also the aspect of discipline so discipline is all about mastering a technique trying again you know just not letting them give up and um, making sure that they commit to this journey um, and that they see it through and for young people that's the hardest persistence is the absolute hardest but once you've cracked that you're you're on a winner what we have learned um from existing in this in this covid world is that the people who will succeed are the ones who are creative the ones who are thinking up new ideas, the ones who are questioning the status quo, the ones who are really solution focused and the ones who are resilient. And that is why we need these skills in our workforces. And she leaves us with a special message for leaders and policymakers. If I was to have a magic wand, I would make sure that I would encourage everyone in um, powerful positions just to stop review, think about where they want their countries to go, how successful they want their young people to be, how skilled you want them to be. And the only way we can do that is just by pausing, because we've really got now a great opportunity to review, to rethink. And I don't see it as a negative. I see this as a positive. Um, Now is the time where we can prepare things for our future in a really robust, strategic way. And you know, let's be brave, let's be bold, and let's just do it. 
That was Andrea Zafiraku, a Global Teacher Prize winner. Come back tomorrow as we talk to UN Women Executive Director Mzili Mulambu Muguka as she talks about how the COVID-19 pandemic has pulled women out of the labor market. The majority of the people who have lost jobs are women. The ILO estimates that uh, two-thirds of the jobs that will be lost and not recovered are women's jobs. She'll remind us that if key steps aren't taken, some women might never return to the office. And when it comes to opportunity, a woman's place might only be in the home. And we say that women can also work from home. We must not find a situation where it's only women who will end up working from home because they have to do homework as well as the office work in the home. So that uh, offices that can just be in another locker room, the places where men only go. From Zile Malambo Nguka, the head of UN Women. Linda will be back with that interview and the latest highlights tomorrow, the fourth and final day of the Jobs Reset Summit. You can follow the action live at weforum.org and across social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, and on Twitter using the handle at WF and the hashtag Jobs Reset. Thanks to Linda Lucina, to Kiara Kelly, Sybil Penarin, and to Gareth Nolan for help making these daily podcasts. Thanks to you for listening. For now, from me, Robin Pomeroy, at the World Economic Forum, goodbye. <laughs>